Hi, I'm Tom Luna. I'm a former school board member. I was privileged to serve as senior advisor to U.S. Secretary of Education, Rod Page. I also had the honor of serving for eight years as Idaho State Superintendent of Public Instruction. During that time, I also served as president of the Council of Chief State School Officers. One thing I have learned in all these experiences is that educating children is not rocket science, it's more complicated. On my podcast, Swimming Upstream, we will visit with courageous leaders who challenge the prevailing tide and inspire all of us to swim against the current. Let's jump in. Welcome back to another episode of Swimming Upstream. I'm Tom Luna. I'm your host, and we are here at the Excel and Ed uh, conference here in in, uh, Salt Lake City where hundreds and even thousands of educators from across the country have gathered uh, to kind of learn from each other and to build enthusiasm and motivation for uh, improving our education system, whether you want to call it reform or modernization. We're all very aware of the fact that more needs to be done to help more kids be successful and our uh, public education system is critical in making that happen. And so we're so pleased uh, to have another guest with us, uh, Commissioner Manny Diaz from the great state of Florida. Welcome to Swimming Upstream. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here with you. Uh, Manny, you and I met, Commissioner, you and I met uh, when you were a freshman legislator in in, uh, Florida. And uh, now you're the Commissioner of Education. Talk to us a little bit about that journey, some of the committees you served on, and what what uh, you were passionate about education then when we met, I could tell. And now here you are as the Commissioner of, the, of Florida. Yeah, well, I mean, I started my career in education as a teacher and an administrator, and then, fortunate enough to get elected to the legislature, had the opportunity to chair both the Choice and Innovation Committee, Education Appropriations Committee in the House, and then was the uh, got elected to the Senate was the education chair in the in the Senate and uh, that that decade long journey kind of led us to where we are today and, and it's an exciting time in Florida that's as, as it's been for the last decade in education but right now uh, we're happy to be on the forefront uh, cutting edge so to speak on yeah. education yeah and, and Florida has been for some time matter of fact Jeb Bush is kind of the host of this event Governor Bush and uh, this conference focuses oftentimes on the things that Florida has done and is doing. Uh, and many states have, 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 have uh, found uh, great ideas that they've replicated. I know when I was state superintendent in Idaho, many of the things that we learned from Florida, many things that we learned at this conference were the things that we, we uh, knew we could do in Idaho also. And then with the support of Jeb and others, you know, uh, we, we went forward and, uh, and, and worked to improve education. Well, in Florida, despite the accolades, we we understand you can't rest on your laurels, and you you constantly the best defense is to be on offense. There you go. Reform, like Governor Bush says, reform is never finished. We're so fortunate also to to have Governor DeSantis, who is leading on education and and really pushing the envelope, and continue to push forward. And so, I'm very happy to be in this role to be able to have uh, an impact, continue to have an impact on education from a different perspective. But yeah, uh, I mean. our goal is to continue to have Florida lead the way, and that that means not standing still and continuing to push forward policies yeah. and implementation of policies um, going forward. That in and of itself is great counsel for any uh, state. I, a third grader is going to be a fourth grader next year, right? So we have to continually move forward right. to make sure that this education is is meeting the needs of all those kids as they uh, as they uh, get older, and and we recognize more things that we need to do. So let's talk about the fact that. Coming out of the pandemic, um, and then recent NAEP scores have shown us that uh, we've lost up to you know decades of of learning because of just a short period of time that education was disrupted. 
some can make the argument that the progress we've made over the past couple decades should have been greater. Uh, and that's one reason we've lost that much uh, a student achievement. But the fact is, looking forward, we know that we have children where we, needed, we need to do some form of accelerated learning. Um, talk to us about um, what Florida's plans are when you look at the fact that we have a whole generation of kids that are at risk. Well, number one, I think we're fortunate in Florida under Governor DeSantis' leadership to keep our schools open. And there was a slight interruption, but getting our, our kids back in school, I saw we continued, we held the achievement gap. We didn't lose ground in the achievement gap from white students to our African-American students. Hispanic students saw some gains, students with disabilities, students on free or reduced lunch. Having said that, I think we are already looking at ways to continue uh, to make sure we improve. Number one, uh, we I had the benefit of passing the progress monitoring bill in the legislature in the Senate that now uh, is the first of its kind in the nation where Florida is going to go to progress monitoring uh, two times a year and then a third waypoint where we actually have our summative tests. It cuts down on the amount of testing, on the time that it takes for testing. It gives back results to the teachers immediately so they can adjust their instructions and it gives the parents a report so they understand what's going on and they can support what's going on in the classroom. So that's perfect timing because of, of what we saw of, of the situation with COVID. Number two, uh, we're looking at, at, at other interventions, at other aggressive forms, not only in reading. Uh, the legislature has invested, uh, Governor DeSantis has led on revamping early learning. And I think, you know, Governor Bush did this a long time ago where we said at third grade, we put a stop uh, and we're not going to allow you to go forward until we get you on grade level. But we're realizing under the governor DeSantis, even that may be too late. And we're focusing our efforts on early learning. We have a progress monitoring system implemented there. Um, and we're going to put some resources not only into more reading coaches. Professional development is incredibly important. And we're going to put some focus on math as well. We're, gonna, we're looking at investing monies on professional development for our teachers to help improve the instruction in math and, and her, help with, with the math, uh, the learning uh, gains with our kids. And also, long term, maybe putting in some math coaches to, to kind of yeah. dovetail along with what we already do in reading. So, But I think the importance is, is so important to get those students early, make sure that they're on reading level so they can read to learn, you know, which is, you know, you learn to read so you can read. That's to right. Learn. And that's it's right. so important to get them early. And I'm so glad that Governor DeSantis has led with that. And our legislature has followed with uh, investments and also policies that lead to that. Uh, it's really the combination of both, right? Money, more money alone is not the answer. Correct. Right. But uh, I've, when I was, the whole time I've been involved in education at the national, state, and local level, I never said take some of this money back. We can't figure right. out where to spend it, right? There's always places that you can uh, use money effectively, but you have to look at how you're spending, what you currently have identify what's working, what's not working, do more of what's working and less of what's not working, right? And well and you have you have to be able to the measure and you have yeah. to you have to be able to admit where you're wrong and and change directions or when something becomes obsolete or archaic uh, and make and make that change the direction. One of those points uh, where I think we're going to focus on is teacher preparation programs. Where, where how do you how do we prepare our teachers now today? Uh, the science of reading, making sure that our students are prepared to read in a manner of which they're they're not memorizing, but actually sounding out words yeah. and being prepared uh, for the upper grades. So I think all of that there, there's going to be a lot of reform going forward. We're hearing a lot about science of reading. It you know as we visit with a number of state. Uh, chiefs at, at this meeting. So t talk about how science of reading is impacting specifically the work that you're doing in early literacy. Well, the, it's, it's important because if you, if you, 
if you have students memorize and use things like sight words and things of that with the whole language, they don't build the foundation to, to be able to truly read and have reading comprehension going forward. When you use the science of reading, students truly understand. And, they, you know, it's like teaching somebody how to fish instead of giving them a fish. Yeah. They're able to go through and sound out words and then comprehend what those words mean. And, and it, once that foundation is built, that student can, be long, can become a lifelong learner. And by the way, that doesn't just affect reading. As That's right. You do, That's it, right. it affects the other subject areas, including yeah. math. Including math, yeah. Right. I, I think w w what's critical, and I'm glad that th this is referred to as a science of reading because it really is science-based right the 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 the, the uh, what's being used we know it works the science it's been studied right. the research has been done we know this works and quite frankly we know what doesn't work when it comes to reading like whole language and stuff right. that you were well, talking it's, it's the science based part is how do, how does the human brain function and yeah. how does it take in information and if you learn how to dissect words and be able to sound them out and then understand the meaning of those words it makes you so much stronger going forward because we know that once you get past third grade that gap just gets wider and yeah. wider if you don't have that student have those fundamentals. And I think it even reflects in scores across the nation when you look at the time when students were affected. If students were affected in, uh, even in, in Florida, when students were affected in first grade, they were in their form formational years. If you look at our fourth and fifth grade uh, numbers, they increased uh, on our state tests because some of those students had a, a, an interruption at one point uh, in their formational years. It's so important. Now, the work of trying to catch that up it's going to require some uh, some additional resources and, ass and assistance. But again, we have to measure where we're spending yeah. and make sure that we're getting return on investment. The the answer is not just to throw money as, at the right. problem, as you as you mentioned before. Yeah. It has Perfect. to be targeted. So you mentioned earlier about how critical it is right now to uh, provide. Uh, uh, the, the the right kind of uh, improvements or modernization when it comes to teacher preparation. Also, how important the teacher is in, in in this whole process. We know that when a child shows up at school, the most important factor is the quality of the teacher in the classroom. Florida and other states are dealing with, um, uh, you know, uh, fewer teachers in, in the classroom, fewer teachers available. We've known that this was going to happen for 10 years just because of an aging population. But when you look at the need for great teachers, and at the same time, there's fewer of them entering the profession and many leaving the profession, what are some of the strategies to, well, see, to address see, that? Talk about the bell curve, the number of teachers that enter the profession and are hitting that 30-year mark and, and exiting because they're retiring. In Florida, thanks to the leadership of Governor DeSantis, we've been very aggressive creating alternate pathways Ways, including the military pathway we just created. We're looking at teacher apprenticeship models, uh, a major teacher recruitment campaign. You have to continue to feed that pipeline yeah. and go even down into the high schools where you, you, you get students who become interested in teaching. And that's that's the formula. It has to be a long-term formula. It can't be just a short-term fix. So multiple pathways, multiple, multiple on-ramps, multiple off-ramps, right, right, for and, and look, a the, career the in education. The issue of certification, we, I believe we have to go back and look at that. I mean, the, the, the current certification schemes in some places doesn't guarantee you, you, you mentioned before, the number, one, the number one component is if you have a quality teacher in front of students, that's when you're going to get, that's the most important fact. There's two things, the leader in the building yeah, that's right. and the leader, teacher yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. The leader in the building is going to set the tone, the culture, attract the right teachers. 
the teacher in the classroom, they like you know, often is said they could be under a tree. Literally, they're 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 going to be better off. Those students are going to be better off than than the the ones in a shiny building that you spend millions of dollars on with a, with a teacher that's not prepared. It's not quality. So we have to continue to optimize having quality teachers, attract them, and retain them. Uh, that's another thing that Governor DeSantis has led with, with uh, over two billion dollars invested from the state, never done before in Florida directly to teachers' salaries to make sure that we retain and that we attract those teachers into quality teachers into the classroom. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Florida, it, uh, under your direction and, and with uh, and under Governor DeSantis's uh, leadership, is uh, been focusing a lot on making sure that when students graduate from high school, they're prepared for the world that awaits them, workforce-ready, you know, type efforts. Uh, Share with our listeners the work that in uh, that Florida is doing in those well, areas. One major component of that is is having targeted investments into our state college system, which I over, also oversee. Where Governor DeSantis has made those investments to assure that if a student doesn't need a, to spend four years in school for a degree that's not going to benefit them, and and then go into debt, yeah. there's other options. Not everybody's going to go to college. They can go through these programs at the state colleges, or they can get credentials in high school. We're starting to see more and more in that of Florida. We have charter schools that are now being authorized uh, in partnership with our state colleges that provide uh, what they call stacking credentials. Yeah. You know, having a student come out of high school and be able to go into uh, a high-wage job, having students maybe just go to the state college and do a two-year degree where it's, it's very, very affordable in Florida because our tuitions has not been uh, increased in a long time to be able to then go directly into the workforce, not being saddled with you know thousands of dollars in debt and being going, going directly. But I think we're pushing even further into the high schools to create more of these credentials, uh, to create dual enrollment programs that tie into um, careers, that tie into college credentials so that they have a shorter runway to get there and they don't have to uh, be saddled with debt. Perfect. So I, uh, Florida has uh, always been the leader in recognizing a parent's role in education and providing more and more choices in education. And so, you know, talk to us about the latest efforts and kind of where Florida is in that in that effort to increase and expand parental choice in education. Yeah. And again, this is this is something that over the 10 years I was in the legislature, um, when the, the governor DeSantis came in, one of the milestones is he he said, we're going to eliminate this wait list that we had with the tax credit scholarship. And we were able to create the family empowerment scholarship. And two years ago, he signed legislation that expanded it. It was the, the largest increase in uh, in school choice, the largest school choice bill in, in the country at the time. And we're going to continue to build on that. And and again, we've done so much in Florida that there are, there are things we have to tweak and continue to look where we improve it. We want to make sure that the growth, again, is quality and the parents have good options and they can maintain that but we're going to continue to keep our foot on the accelerator when it comes to parental options school choice in florida parents uh have a say and and they don't co-parent with with the government they have a say in their child's education and we're going to continue to expand those options from parental rights to school choice and and you've been doing this long enough in florida that you have the evidence that expanding school choice has helped some of those uh, students that uh, and and uh, demographic of students that have struggled for decades, right? But closing those achievement gaps, giving kids with special right. needs more opportunities, the choice that you've um, created, giving parents of those children more and more options, the evidence is there that those students are improving, the achievement gaps are getting smaller, and it's working. Yeah, not only for the students who choose the, the school choice programs, but there are studies that have shown that the education level and, and the quality education at our 
district schools have improved since we've had our school choice programs in place because what happens when you create a competitive market, what do district schools do? They raise the bar. That's right. They raise the bar and they have to compete and they create a better educational. So now parents, who benefits at the end of the day? The parents and the students do because you have uh, a plethora of options uh, from charter to scholarships to ESAs um, to magnet schools to the Florida virtual. I mean, we, we just have options across the board uh, in Florida that uh, that create a competitive market and increase the quality of the product uh, for the end user, which is a, is a student. Well, Manny Diaz, the Commissioner of Education in the great state of Florida, thanks for being our guest on Swimming Upstream. I'm going to put you on the spot for one moment. So the other guests, we've been asking them, tell us one a fact or a piece of information that is unique to Florida that most people don't know. Some interesting fact, some fun fact about Florida. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one that people don't know. Florida's uh, on the map uh, so uh, so prevalently, I think, nationally. It's hard to find a piece of information that, that uh, people wouldn't know. I, I think a lot of people forget that uh, that Florida was a Spanish colony at one time. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> um, we appreciate you being on the, uh, on the show. We'll have you back. And folks, Manny Diaz swimming upstream and has been swinging against the current for many, many years. And we appreciate your leadership in Florida and across the country. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember, our children may only be 22% of our population, but they represent 100% of our future. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. Swimming Upstream is part of the Stratagos Podcast Network. To view the entire lineup of our shows, visit our website, stratagosgroup.com.